0: I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. Good to have you today. Nice to see you. Hope you can see me and hear me today. I fixed some of that yesterday, but we got, yeah, it's technical stuff. It's it's all good. Today is going to be an interesting discussion uh, and I've been looking forward to this. There is a book out now. It is called Hope for Ukraine. It looks just like this. And it is written by uh, Kyle Duncan and Esther Uh And Kyle is uh, what, what is called a ghostwriter. And for those of you who don't know what that is, a lot of your well-known people, especially speakers, uh, they don't necessarily sit and write every word of their book. They get professional help, someone who can form the sentences form the ideas give it some shape uh and and that's what Kyle does it's really an art uh and it's a very helpful one especially I've done this for my dad who is a great speaker and a terrible writer and so you got to take his words and put it into a book so Kyle's done that for tons of people uh Gary Chapman uh, Toby Mack I mean he's this is this is a guy who's, who's doing it um his co-author is Esther Fedorkevich who I know Esther as uh, an agent, a book agent. I've actually worked with Esther. I didn't realize—I figured with Federkovich as a last name, she was Eastern European. I didn't realize she was Ukrainian. Uh, and Esther has worked with tons of great people: Mark Batterson, uh, Paula Ferris, uh, Tim Tebow—just you know, a lot of great people helping them with their books and publishing. So there's just some people that are inside the publishing business. Um, which means they know a lot, generally, and they have some, some fascinating insight into things. Kyle also has a connection to Ukraine that is very close and very special, and I will let him tell you about that. But we're going to find out a little bit of what's going on in Ukraine, um, what where the hope for Ukraine comes from. Uh, and the whole Ukraine thing, man, they told us three days Russia would roll in and take over the country, and now we're, I don't know, we're like, how many months out are we? At least... Six or seven. Seven
1: and a half. Seven and a half.
0: Okay, Kyle tells me. And what's going to happen? Nobody knows. So great conversation today. Kyle, great to have you on Life Today Live.
1: Randy, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So let's let's hit it right off the top. Your connection to Ukraine, because that's that's very unique and very special.
1: Yeah, that goes back all the way to 2005. My wife and I, uh, at the time, we had three biological daughters. Um, We felt, you know, very, very comfortable, which I think in the kingdom is a dangerous word. (laughs) At least it has been in my life, um, just when I start feeling comfortable. And, um, you know, God spoke to my wife, really, in a series of three evenings in a row. She was putting our youngest, who was a baby at the time, to bed. And uh, she kept hearing, the first night she heard crying, Of a little child not of our daughter and she she kind of you know like we're in our house you know like where's that coming from she kind of you know brushed it off but then the lord spoke to her and said eventually over those three nights said i'm calling you to adopt a little boy Mm. and i want him to be adopted from ukraine which was so specific and kind of random And my wife was like, yeah, that's a former Soviet Republic. I think I know where that is. Headed like get out the kids blue globe. If you remember those from the, from the kids, uh, you know, playroom and looked up Ukraine. Interestingly, Randy, she didn't tell me about this Mm -hmm. for about six months Mm -hmm. until we were out one night on our anniversary. I think she figured I'd be in a great mood. (laughs) So she said, Hey, by the way, Recently, God spoke to me and said, We're supposed to adopt a little boy. And I'm like, Nah, I don't (laughs) want to do that. I don't want to do that. Well, your readers, it was kind of a Jonah story. You know, I ran from it for a while, but I couldn't run far. I finally had to make the decision either I'm going to obey or I'm going to disobey. And we all know those decisions. And sometimes quietly, without anybody knowing, I will disobey the Lord. And He and I know it, and maybe nobody else. But in this case, I said, Okay, Lord. We'll do it. So in 07, we flew to Kiev, and then we made our way from Kiev down to Mariupol. And a lot of your viewers and listeners will, will know yeah. of the town of Mariupol. Yeah, it, is, it is the modern-day Stalingrad. Mm-hmm. And that's where the orphanage was. So that's the whole story that I tell in the book. We adopted our son, Zhenya in 07. Every day, Randy, we would drive by the Avastal Steelworks, which people are now calling the Ukrainian Alamo. It's where the um, Azov Battalion held out for three months mm. under heavy bombardment and then had to surrender to the Russians. But thats it's surreal to see, especially the Southwest and where the heat of the fighting is happening, that we were there. I spent about a month there adopting our son, who's now 21, by the
0: way. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, that is well. Side- sidebar. When your wife comes to you and says, God told me this, uh, yeah. and you think i don't know about that right maybe you misheard god right maybe maybe (laughs) yeah it's your own head not not god how did you know that it wasn't just her wishful thinking or some strange you know synapse and it was god
1: right great that's great um yeah well you know and my wife is i would say you know talking about it was like the fivefold ministry i'd say she um She's a teacher who has prophetic tendencies, but she's not a prophet. So when she says these things to me, which is not very often, um, I stand up and take notice, but I think I was just running from it. But eventually um, a Christian adoption agency called America World, based in Virginia, wonderful agency, who works in Ukraine, came to speak at our church and kind of give an information thing, like on a Tuesday night. So I went with my wife. I was kind of innocently going along like she casually dropped it on me and she, she knew I'm, I'm dead, you know? So I'm sitting there and Stephen Curtis Chapman comes on the screen Mm -hmm. as the spokesperson. Right. And, and, you know, you probably know he's adopted three daughters from China and they have three biological children. And in that he talks about James one, where it says, Take care of the orphans and widows. Well, we've all read that voice, that that verse and said, "Oh yeah, we're supposed to really help the needy. That's part of our calling as followers of Jesus." But that time I read it, and it was an assignment, and I knew it. I knew the Holy Spirit was like, "You need to get on board with your wife, and and get with the program." So that was it, and I just said to myself, "Duncan, that's it. Whether you like this or not, you have to do it."
0: Yeah, well, and I, and I love that because you and I both know we've been around the. We've been on Christians long enough that you'll get people who yeah. are like God says, and you're like, I don't think so. Yeah, you got to hear it for yourself. Right. Uh, yep. And and, and yeah. frankly, if you're if you're the type that says God God has a word for you, yeah, you might want to just tell them uh, and let hear them hear from God themselves. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Because we it, it yes, yeah, that's yeah, the way. Yeah. Well, we have to hear. We have to learn His voice, the Shepherd's voice. And then and then obey, but we gotta learn his voice right. first. So I I like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, why do you think Ukraine, because you know, there are adoption needs in America, there are adoption needs in other countries, you didn't have any connection to Ukraine. Why do you think it was there?
1: Hmm. You know, it's one of those things you think about like when I'm in heaven like i i am not a theologian first of all so i don't know if we actually get to ask god questions maybe you hear but i'm asking someone uh that question but no i think that basically we um we felt we we had lost a son uh in 01 Randy to trisomy 13 okay so that's a horrible genetic disorder very few children survive it and our son lasted 3 days despite the urgings of doctors and our area we're, we're in california uh in santa barbara they wanted us to terminate we said god gives life god takes it away they'd never seen anyone who went the whole way with a trisomy 13 people do our son lived for three days and joseph um you know went to be with the lord i believe that and um so you know that that why ukraine i know so i know why god led us to adopt a son but why ukraine i think um I will not know that mm-hmm. until the other side. But I do believe that of this, what is it now, 8 billion people on the planet, there was no accident that God said Ukraine. And I tell the story again in the book, but um, it's one of those things in life, Randy, I'm, sh- I'm sure you've been through this many time with your, times with your wife where you go, okay, there's 100 things that need to happen for for this thing mm-hmm. to occur in our mm-hmm. lives. And there's a probability in the, in the earthly realm of maybe 80% of those coming together but when you see 99 or to 100 of them actually those dominoes fall yeah that's that's jesus that's the holy spirit for me yeah. and that's what we saw in ukraine and so and just the life that my son has lived it's not been easy i tell you he went through a lot of abuse and a lot of abandonment and he's had to work through a lot of stuff as we have there's great books on adoption and some on international and dealing with kids with um trauma background but it's it's a real mixed bag man and it's it's been yeah. a brutal road but god's been there every step of the way
0: uh sorry about the trisomy 13 uh, thank you my pastor's son who uh you know spent a lot of time with had a daughter and i think she lived about three months i believe wow and that's that's, that's a s- long time. That's a, yeah it is a long time and that and that's that's tough man i, I feel for you thank um, you appreciate it how old was your son when you adopted him, the Ukrainian son?
1: Yeah, he was six. So, again, we're in 07. So just to give you a little context, um, Mariupol is kind of the prize of southeastern Ukraine. It's a big port city. It's mm-hmm. got the steel factories that we've all seen on the news. And, um, you know, we had a wonderful experience there. The people are cr- incredible. Um, we met a lot of believers just through America World. I'm still in contact with them. Mm-hmm. Um our our facilitator, sort of red tape cutter, Yuri. I'm friends with him. Um, he's he's prayed me through this book. So yeah, it's it's and then in 14 we saw the civil war break out, right? And we saw two things happen. Crimea was annexed by Russia, mm-hmm. which actually people may not know has been in in Ukraine's possession since 1955, and basically was given to Ukraine when it was when it, they were part of the USSR by Uh, by the Supreme Soviet, the the leadership in the Kremlin gave Ukraine, uh, Kremlin, excuse me, Crimea to Ukraine. So that part of the country, you know, we saw the civil war, we saw the uh, annexation of Crimea and Mariupol's right there. Mm -hmm. And it it has been the front line of the civil war in Ukraine uh, going on eight and a half years now. So the conflict for Ukrainians... uh, this has been an ongoing singular event for them. Like I made the mistake when I was over there in Poland and, and in Western Ukraine, I'd say, where were you when the bro- war broke out? <laughs> oh, well, you and I and most Americans, that's February 24th. For them, it's, oh, in 2014, when yeah. Putin backed the separatists and sent troops in but denied it. And, um, you know, so it's been a really interesting journey for my family. Very personal.
0: So uh, my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that, There are a lot of ethnic Russians in the eastern part of Ukraine. Absolutely. Russia's been moving people into the eastern part of Ukraine. Yeah. And then they've been stoking an insurrection in the eastern part of Ukraine, which is a, a shield for the Soviet action in Ukraine to say they're rescuing their people, saving them from the evil Ukrainians. Does that pretty much sum it up?
1: Yeah, I think that's accurate. You know, um, there's corruption everywhere. There's, you know, to to try to draw a black and white line on this conflict and these people are all good or those those people are all bad is obviously not realistic. Um, And you know, it's yeah, you're accurate. This those two um, uh, states, or they're called Oblast Luhansk and Donetsk, which is where you hear a lot of the fighting is going on, and where where actually Ukrainians have had some pretty stunning victories recovering a lot of land in the last two weeks Mm -hmm. but those areas yeah they're they're a majority russian speaking and there's a lot of sentimentality for the ussr there's a lot of support so that's real now how much so is it more than 50 percent um you know how much were how much was manipulated right or how much is truly are those people loyal to Russia? That's a bit foggy, and I'm certainly not. There's there's a lot smarter, better educated, equipped people than me in this country, military analysts, political analysts that can answer that question for you. But it's yeah. it's a mess. But I do know that um, Ukraine has been a sovereign nation since 1991, and that's been part of their sovereign territory. And it's now it's been heavily invaded, as we've seen. I mean, yeah. tens of thousands of civilians have died. Um,
0: now, Life Outreach, we have some life centers in western Ukraine, have had for a, a long time now. Uh, we did work after Chernobyl there, and I think shor- shortly mm. after that established the life centers. And they're they're still there. They're fine. They're very close to the Polish border. Um, and so they've not had too much, although our mission partner there, his son, was shot a while back mm. uh, because they've been making – some supply runs to help mm-hmm. the orphans in the interior and towards Kiev. Yeah. so i know there are a lot of christians there yeah. what what's been your experience with christians in the church in ukraine
1: yeah so i went into this of course you know i like you i've been in the church um i'm 59 i came to christ when i was 12 so <laughs> 47 years as a christian and um so a lot of my contacts going into the writing of this book uh, were Christians. And so, you know, the, the church there is alive and well. Um, and I met, you know, a lot of, of course, evangelicals, Jesus followers, people you, you and I are called Protestant um, from our, um, through our American lens. But I also met, you know, a lot of Ukrainian Orthodox people, which is the, you know, older kind of religion that's been there for, for uh, 1500 years. And, a lot of Jesus believing people there too. And you know, Jesus isn't coming back for Harem, he's coming back for a bride, you know. And so I <laughs> I met a lot of people who love Jesus. And I met a gentleman who's I would strongly encourage you through your ministry to reach out to you. If you don't already know him, his name is Valentin Karenovich. And he is a brilliant man, lives in Kiev. He has double master's, PhD. He's equivalent of, you know, a high level theologian in our country. Mm. And he's also the head of the Ukrainian chaplain, one of the main Ukrainian chaplain agencies Mm. for the evangelicals. And he's, he tells me amazing stories that are happening in the trenches as we speak, where people, you know, they say there's no atheists in foxholes, right? Um, And I say that half jokingly. It's not a joke, though. I mean, when you're in a foxhole and you see your buddy literally, you know, I've heard stories of face to face with people saying I-, I watch my buddy die in front of me, you know, and he says so when those chaplains go to the front line, they're in such demand that the commanders say, look, when when the chaplains are here and they go into a trench, those soldiers feel like you know, they're untouchable. Now, you and I know we're not Christians are not good luck charms, but they feel what they're feeling, even though they may not be believers yet, is the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And they have seen miraculous things where, where shells have landed two feet away and gone unexploded. I've heard five or six of those stories that I believe are are true and verifiable. Um, I've seen photos of, and there's a story in the book about a, a, a soldier on the front line, a young kid, you know, he's like going to university and suddenly he's in the army fighting cause he wants to, doesn't have a, doesn't have a, a, a vest, a protective vest mm-hmm. and he's going house to house. This is back when Buchan or and the Russians were, were fairly close to Kiev, but we know they were eventually repelled. But so, so this Christian group gets this vest from America and manages to get it to, you know, a bus driver at the at the border um, of eastern Poland, western Ukraine, who takes it to Lviv. And by from Lviv in western Ukraine, it goes by by civilian vehicle. That person risking their lives, you know, racing across 200 miles yeah. of war zone to get it to the commanding officer, who gives it to the the young soldier. And the next day, his sister gets photos. And the plating of the vest, which is removable, is pockmarked. And, you know, those are praying Christians. They prayed a hedge of protection around that man, but that's the literal effect of the practical side of, you know, how one vest can save a life of a soldier. I mean, within hours of him putting it on, I mean, he, he would just, he'd be dead. So that's, those are the kind of stories I've been hearing.
0: Yeah, and those are the kind of stories that you tell in the book. Yes, sir. This is the book. It's It's hope for Ukraine, uh, and it is available now. You can get it wherever you buy books from Chosen Books. Um, How how did you feel when you watched the uh, the Russians rolling into the country, especially in the east and in Mariupol heavily? Uh, I think was was it the first big city to fall, or close to it?
1: Um, It it was uh, it and Kherson. In the south, yeah. both in the south, because yes, it was um, it was horrific and very sad yeah. and alarming for us. We have friends there, um, people who are ministering and doing incredible things on the streets with homeless kids. I mean, the the orphan problem—they have a thing called social orphans over there, where they may have a parent, but um, through you know circumstances, um, perhaps sometimes beyond the parents' control, or through addiction or yeah. abandonment, yeah. flat out, a lot just. Like about a hundred thousand of these kids Jeez. in Ukraine, and so Mariupol is, you know, it's a port city. I don't know what it is about port cities, but you know, it just just border towns. Um, there's a lot of drugs, a lot of theft, but it's also a beautiful city. And we we know people there whose whose children have died, um, uh, babies have died, and it was horrific. My son wanted to hop on a plane, you know, and go fight. He's 21. He mm-hmm. was born there. Mm-hmm. I would if I was 21. And I see my 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 homeland just being ripped to pieces. And uh, but he's all he's also Randy. He's about to get his certificate as a welder, and and I think I've talked him out to flying over there. And I said, look, Genya, uh, when this war is over, they're going to need people like you. Yeah. And my promise to you, I will go with you. I can work for wherever, and we will go and we will help in the reconstruction. You know, I I'm not a builder. I don't, But I can carry bricks, whatever, man. I can help in a soup kitchen and you can weld because they're going to need a lot of welders. And that's kind of the part that we see, you know, prayer, of course, and giving of our tithes and offerings. But but also, you know, some people are called to actually go. So,
0: yeah. And I was going to ask you, ask you about him, because have you had you been back prior to this breaking out with him? Has he seen his homeland since he was six?
1: No, we've wanted to go. Um, we've been told that, I don't know if this is true or not, I haven't really investigated it. What we were told before February 24th is that he, if he goes and he was in their database as a national who was born there, he could get conscripted. Huh. And so we didn't want to take him. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so five more years, but I think that once the war is over and now he's, he's an adult, And he's told me, dad, and he's considering military anyway, after he gets his welding and a lot of welders needed in our armed forces. Mm -hmm. And I'd be very proud of my son if he went that direction. But even if he went to Ukraine, he'd be okay with being enlisted. You know, if they said, you you know, hey, welcome to Ukraine. You're now (laughs) going to our army. He would be okay with that. And he's an adult to make his own decision. So we'll have to see what happens.
0: That's got to be tough for a dad. <laughs> it is. It's
1: really tough. I mean, I'm glad he's decided not to go. Um, it's not cheap to go and fight. I mean, a lot of the equipment and, and the kit that you have, you know, your military kit, you have to pay for it yourself. Um, and as an, with someone with an American passport, he'd have to join what's called the International Legion there. Yeah. You know, they get like 400 bucks a month or something. It's, you know, but a lot of there's like 20,000 soldiers there from around the world who are fighting on behalf of Ukraine. Yeah. But yeah, it scares me, man.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I might be encouraging the military route right here in the U.S. as well as a, as yes. a welder. Because it, Absolutely. Would, it would benefit him down the line if he in, did oh. end up getting in a situation, you know.
1: Absolutely. I'd be thrilled if he went that route.
0: Oh, man, that is so tough. All right. So now as we see, I mean, I don't know if it's turning. I don't. I've heard some rumors right. about some uh, dissatisfaction with Putin within Russia. Mm-hmm. um I, we've heard health rumors since the beginning i don't know you know, I, right. I know. who knows who knows um yeah. what do you do you have any insight or thoughts about where this is all going
1: i do, and just just as you know, as I was saying to you earlier Randy i'm not a war reporter or a political analyst, but I have a journalism background and i and I know how to read widely and I, from a lot of different news sources and I try to do that you know I have my own opinions of course. But, um, yeah, you know it's an interesting time because the Ukraine obviously um, is making great strides right now. They are they took back thousand um, square miles of territory into in about ten days, which took Russia since April to yeah. to capture. Yeah. and they have recaptured, they're reinforcing. Um, nobody knows how this is going to end, and if they prognosticate, that's exactly what it is. Um, but I would say that we. We are in a dangerous position because Putin is so unpredictable. And there's a lot of pressure, as you probably know. There's there's actually pro-war pressure from the far right in Russia. A lot of bloggers and, you know, digital sphere people who are saying, we need to stop dating this thing and calling it a special military operation. You need to go all in and declare war and pull the – put the full brunt of our forces into this conflict, which would be pretty terrifying because what well, we've seen how Russia, all we have is what they've been doing in other nations in the last 10 years, places like Aleppo and Syria and Georgia, Georgia and, uh, yeah. uh, you know, and it's carpet bombing and civilians are going to die even in greater numbers. So prayer obviously is is, is, the, mo- is the mightiest thing we can do. I, really, I truly believe that. Um, I believe in it. Uh, we saw it during World War II, during the Blitz, with uh, Reese Howe's Intercessor, which is a classic mm-hmm. book. And even even military officers in Great Britain, high ranking, pointed mm-hmm. to Reese Howe's, you know, 100,000 plus intercessors and said, you, help, you helped push back the Blitz and, and the Luftwaffe from, from basically – bombing us out of existence so it's prayers are our, our greatest tool
0: I, I want to ask you about that specifically but before i do do you back the u.s aid financial aid because millions of dollars that has been sent over there do you back that kind of support i,
1: I do simply not for military for military's sake randy but from a spiritual perspective um and what I hear from people that I greatly respect, who are prophetic people, who are uh, mature believers—you know, my mentors, many of them—and who are saying that the repercussions of this spiritually, you know, there's a spirit here that's animating behind the scenes, um, and you know, we see a connection between Russia, what's happening in China, um, and these superpowers, and and you know, it's there's a there's a global spiritual reality here that i think is really critical that we need to be praying for uh the spirit of jesus to reign and not the spirit of this world
0: yeah yes. Yeah, so that leads me to my probably the last question uh, i make no promises how do how do you the father of someone adopted from ukraine someone who knows people in ukraine someone who's been there on the ground how do you pray for ukraine I pray the news.
1: You know, my dad taught me that, Randy. Um, And so what I do, I have my morning sit, you know, my quiet time. And um, often at the end of that, I'll open up. I usually go go to a few websites, you know. Um, And uh, I'm a conservative guy, so I read conservative websites. But I try to, you know, go to the mainstream, too, just see what's going on. Mm And international websites, you know, BBC, whatever, you know, I'm not going to get into that because we can, you know, that <laughs> no, like, BBC, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and so I try to pray the news and I pray for people specifically that I know there. Um, I feel that that's no accident, you know, mm. and pe- and people come into our lives. And I'm sure, you know, as you've gone into, I mean, probably dozens of nations around the world through the favor the Lord's given you, you know, and your assignment and your dad and your family, such an incredible spiritual heritage there. You go into places and you make divine connections. And I I try to pray into those relationships and keep a list of those names. Um, I pray for the peace of Christ. Um, I I believe that Jesus wants peace there. Um, And, you know, I I pray for the Russian people. You know, again, I don't want to demonize a whole country. There's a lot of Christians in Russia. Yeah. And I pray righteousness would stand up, and that that righteousness would prevail there, and that revival would hit Ukraine. Yeah, I do. I believe. I yeah. believe. And, and for Russia.
0: That. I mean, I, I know. And people, Russia. I know missionaries and Bible teachers in Russia right now, uh, and so this is not definitely not a program to condemn uh, the Russian no. people. We do think what no. Putin's doing is wrong and evil and hurting right. people, uh, right. but But uh, it's a tough situation, and it's one that. <laughs> I think outside of god only gets worse.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's and that is why I believe and again I I I don't want to attack, you know, individuals, but but what's happening there with bad actors is is I just don't believe it's of god. This kind of violence and invasion um I don't find it justifiable or legal. And, um, you know, right. I mean, look at China with, I mean, we sent missionaries, how many decades we have friends, older friends, we all know people who, who, who lived and died in China and look at the revival that's come there Oh yeah, through a government that is not godly right. by right. any stretch of the imagination. But despite that, the rocks will cry out. And I, I, I don't know what you've heard, Randy, but I've heard that that there are arguably as many boarding and people in China or more than there are now in the United States, which is incredible.
0: Well, yeah, and I mean, I, the sheer the sheer population of China lends itself right. to that. But yeah, yeah. the <laughs> underground church in China is thriving. Right. It's it's yes. it's big, uh, and yeah. you know, we you and I both know we don't put our faith in any government, and we got no. problems in our own government right now, to say right. the least. Uh, Absolutely. And our and our our. Faith shouldn't be in, in any government. It should be in the one who governs all, over yes. all, which is the yes. spiritual kingdom. It's not of this world, yep. uh, but influences this world and reigns Absolutely. through you and I. So let's let's stand up and be that. Kyle, I appreciate. It. There's anything I missed that you want to mention before I let you go?
1: No, sir. I just it's a real honor and privilege. I admire you from I heard you from afar, and <laughs> I, pre- I appreciate the invitation to be on today. Thank you very much. Oh. And I would just I guess I'd say. That uh, more than two-thirds of the proceeds from this book, from the publisher and Esther and myself, go back directly to Ukraine, help Ukrainian refugees and humanitarian aid efforts on the ground in Ukraine.
0: Yeah. And you know, no matter what you believe about various aspects of this war yes. or U.S. support of this war or whatever, one thing we do know is that as believers, we can help people and people who are yes. suffering. And that's our calling. And so we would do it in Russia. We will do it in Ukraine. We will do it wherever. There is need, and we'll do it in the name of Jesus.
1: Absolutely. Amen to that.
0: Love it. appreciate you guys out there watching, Kyle. Thank you for taking the time to share with our audience today. Very you, interesting. Uh, and you guys can check out the book, Hope for Ukraine. And I don't know if you noticed, but I titled this interview Hope in Ukraine because mm. the hope that Kyle has for Ukraine is there because of people like you. And if you want to support, do, are you, do you have a place where people support any work that you're doing other than buying the book?
1: Well, there's a resource section in the back of the book. Okay. And then also if they people want to reach out to me on Facebook, I can give them a list of those, those sites. I mean, I would say just off the top of my head, Samaritan's Purse is in the book. It's yep. mentioned, so I don't mind throwing it out there. Operation Blessing, Convoy of Hope's; uh, those are three that just come to mind directly.
0: And, and Life Outreach International.
1: <laughs> we, yes, sir. We, of we course, are, <laughs> we are
0: helping in Ukraine right now. Yes. Uh, yes. And so, but any hundreds of, those, of others, great Christian yeah, organizations. And yeah. you know what? Yeah. We're we're all, we're all part of the same team. So when absolutely, you help, when you help uh, yes. any of those uh, Convoy of Hope, great organization, uh, yeah. you know, Franklin Graham. When you help any of those, you're helping us as we all. Man, band- we work with those guys. We work with those yeah. various organizations in different countries, so it's it's all one big thing. So, well,
1: thank you for your hard work in Ukraine as well, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate
0: again, I appreciate you and, and the stories. There's a lot of great stories in the book. Uh, you'll have to get it for yourself and know that when you do it, you are helping bring hope to Ukraine. And uh, and check out you check out his Facebook page if you want to connect with Kyle directly. Uh, otherwise. Get on your knees and be a part of that army of prayer. I think we easily overlooked that, but it is more powerful than we know. So that's it. Come back, hit share, hit like, hit follow, hit subscribe. And we'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. God so loved the world. God so loved the world. In spite of our rebellion, in spite of our sins, In spite of our failures God says I love you I love
1: you you.